Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. A bizarre and very unhygienic satanic ritual. And then we take a look at the Octavius, a boat found floating all alone off the coast of Greenland. What secrets did it hold? And was anyone alive on it after it had been missing for 13 years? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a lot of stuff to cover. We're going to slide right into it. Get on our surfboards and slide. That's from now on. That's my new intro. That's my new character. His name's Johnny Surfer. And he'll be showing up at the beginning of each episode. Let's go ahead and get started here. Totally tubular. So the other day I was on 4chan. Came across the post on the paranormal board. Are buttholes paranormal? And people ask, hey man, how come you don't go, how come you don't cover stuff on 4chan anymore? Because this is the best thing I could find about the past week. Are buttholes paranormal? Oh, first off, my mom started listening to this podcast. Don't don't listen to this part. Have a good weekend, mom. Don't, don't listen to this one. So, anyways, are buttholes paranormal? Now, of course, me being me, I go, well, of course not. However, or better yet, of course not, but... And so, of course, I had to research it, right? Our butthole's paranormal. Now, it's funny, because I've actually covered that, like, on episode 60 or 70 or something like that a long time ago. Is the all eye on the back of uh, money, the dollar bill, actually a butthole? Is the all eye actually a magical butthole? So I've covered buttholes before. And I'm looking into this. Now, I come across this thing called the Oscalum... In fame. Oscalum in fame. Now, I'm sure there's a big butthole kisser out there who realizes I'm mispronouncing that. He's like, you're mispronouncing that, sir. Blah, blah, blah. He goes back to licking a butthole. But most likely I'm mispronouncing that. What it is, it's Latin, and it's this old-timey thing. So back when they're doing the witch trials in Europe, right? They're grabbing a witch, beat her up, be like, tell us about your magical powers. And she's like, I don't have any punch her in the stomach, tie her hands up, punch her in the stomach, like a Rocky movie, apparently. They didn't actually, like, murder these people, I imagine it. They were, like, making them do musical montages until they revealed their secrets. But no, throughout this torture, as they were torturing these women, every single account of witches, every single witch that was caught during the witch hunts of the European... According to Wikipedia, at least, every <laughs> single witch trial talked about Osculum... In fame, And what that is, is kissing the devil's butthole. So, to get your magical powers, slash, to become, like, uh, loved by Satan, or to fall in love with Satan? I'm kind of confused on that. Anyways, because according, and in this sentence on Wikipedia, it says, According to folklore, it was this kiss that allowed the devil to seduce women. If you're already kissing my butthole, I think the seduction part is over. I think we're well past that. You're never like, hey, can I buy you a drink? Whoa, lady, what are you doing? You know, like, she usually kisses the butthole later on. But anyways, 
So I, I, I don't think this is how Satan seals the deal. I think this is way after that's done. Anyways, a witch had to kiss the devil's butthole. Now, it's funny because, again, on Wikipedia, you're like, Jason, you did a lot of research on this one, didn't you? I was like, thank you, I did. There is a wood carving of a woman, like an old-timey wood carving from 1608 of a woman kissing the devil's butthole. I was like, that's, and it looks like she's grabbing something, actually. Let me take another look at this here. Well, she might be holding a really long stick that happens to be right between the devil's legs, but, yeah, it's a tor- she's holding a torch, actually, because the other people are holding torches as well. What's so funny, though, is she is kissing the devil's butthole in this old... I'm, I'm going to use this as the cover art for this episode. She's kissing the devil's butthole, right? And there's a bunch of townspeople standing behind her, like, just kind of standing there. And the the devil has has just a hint of a smile on his face. The devil actually looks like... Did you ever see that movie about the, the girl who finds the Loch Ness Monster and she raises it in her bathtub? It was like... The Legend of Lily Gup or Puddlefoot or something like that. That's what this devil looks like. He has a weird looking little devil face. But anyway, she's licking his butthole. So, I'm reading that and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. There's not a lot of stuff to it. I mean, that's basically it. Like, they'd arrest a witch and they'd be like, did you lick the butthole? Did you lick the butthole? And she'd be like, yes, yes, I licked the butthole. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then they're like, oh, then that was easy. I could become a witch interrogator if it's that easy. But anyways, gotta lick the butthole. And you get powers, or the devil likes you more, or that's how the devil seals a deal. And then this kind of went on. And then some people say, well, sorry, we rephrase that. Wikipedia says that sometimes you'd have to kiss the buttholes of just random demons. That's like when you go to sleep with Jay-Z, but you end up hooking up with Memphis Bleak instead. Like, you're trying to get to the king, but, you know, you got a lieutenant. That's not too bad. Sometimes you're not good enough to kiss the devil's butthole. He'll turn into like a ram and you have to kiss the ram's butthole or a frog's butthole, which to be fair, I wasn't 100% for sure that frogs have buttholes. I'm pretty sure everything does on in like everything alive. Rocks don't. I guess a volcano is the earth's butthole, but everything has a butthole. So you kiss a frog's butthole. I think that that was a fake. I think that part was... Some guy who really liked kissing frog buttholes goes, oh, no, no, sometimes the devil's this frog. Some See, look at him. Hail Satan. So I think that he had, why would Satan become a frog out of all the animals? Like, I get it, a ram, a cat, black cat, a toad? What? Lame, dude. You think he'd be like a lion or something or an alligator. Kiss an alligator's butthole. Show how much you love, how much you love Satan. So... Reading that, I'm clicking on stuff. I'm on Wikipedia. I'm clicking on stuff, right? And then I get to... This is where you really want to shut off, Mom. I know she's already shut off. And actually, I should say anyone else who is eating anything might want to shut it off. Fast forward a couple minutes. Or if you're at work, if you work anywhere, if anyone else can hear this next part, you might want to skip ahead. We're going to talk about analingus. Now... I'm not a butt dude. Like I like the shape of a butt. I like a butt and thighs. I like that. But I don't. I'm, I do. I'm not down with the butthole. I don't do butthole stuff at all. I never have. I'm not into it. Sorry. I'm not. I actually, no. I'm not sorry. If you're doing it, that's totally cool. But I want to guarantee you, after I read you parts of this, you're probably not gonna. You're probably going to reconsider it. First off, I did not know this. This is related to butt. This is basically becoming butthole facts at this point. 
if you have oral sex, because it's considered, we're, oh, oh, sorry, we're not just talking about, like, anal sex, we're talking about, like, oral sex on the buttocks. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Okay, let me get through this. If you have oral sex with more than five people in your lifetime, you have an increased 250% chance of getting throat cancer. That's worse than so. There needs to be, like when you're picking up someone, everyone should have to wear underwear with the little Surgeon General warning on it saying, warning, if you go down on more than five people in, I did not know that. I did not know that at all. More than five people in in your lifetime? That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, I'm a little concerned. Five people in your in your life. But that's not what we're talking about. So we're going to talk about this. So going from licking the devil's butthole to just buttholes in general, it's super, super, like, dirty. Obviously, right? You're like, Jason, what is the point of this segment? The point of the segment is, for one, I think it's funny that people lick the devil's butthole. But two... Okay, I'm going to skip all the other butthole facts. I'm going to get down to this this one main thing, because it's just hilarious to me, and then we'll move on to a story, an actual story. Apparently, yes, licking a butthole is bad for you. I'm sure that you knew that. You can get all sorts of parasites and diseases. You can get HPV, which is what can cause throat cancer. You can get a gastro... You know, it's one of those things. Like, I've obviously... If you're with someone and they have a sexually transmitted disease, my question always is, how did you get it? Now, that might sound awfully rude. And to some of you, you may go, it doesn't matter how they got it. But to me, it does. It's the same thing. If someone's in jail, you go, what are you in jail for? They're like robbing a bank. You're like, oh, that's cool. If they're like, oh, I was like ran a fight club where it was me versus a cat. You'd be like, oh, that's kind of kind of weird, bro. So if I'm with someone and she goes, well, you know, I have like HPV or something like that. I'm going to go, well, <laughs> how did you get it? Because they may go, oh, I was having like sex in a public restroom for like weeks on end. I didn't sleep. I just stayed in there. I'd be like, oh, that's totally gross. But if they're like, well, you know, I was part of like a research team and we went to this continent. <laughs> we went to the lost continent. I was there with The Rock and Kevin Hart. So the journey to the center of the earth. And there was a giant cat there that had HP infected claws and cut me. And then I, I'm cool with that. Like, okay, we can sleep together. It depends. I don't have HPV, by the way, but I'm saying it depends on how you get it. If you get any of these diseases because you're licking a butthole, that's a deal breaker. I'm sorry. But this is the funny thing. I'm almost done. I'm almost, I'm almost done here. I'm sorry. I just found this so funny. Um, also, oh, this is gross, if you eat meat, if you eat meat, and it's undercooked, and you get parasites, then the person licking your butthole, you get the parasites, that's not the funny part, that's not the funny part, though. So, it's probably, it's probably built it up so much. I'm gonna read this to you. If the receiving partner, sorry, (laughs) do not stop eating right now, stop eating right now, this is in the prevention section. If the receiving partner has wounds or open sores on the genitals... Or if the giving partner, i.e. the person licking the bottle, has wounds or open sores on or in the mouth, or bleeding gums, this poses an increased risk of sexually transmitted infections. Makes sense. You got a bleeding butthole? I got bleeding gums? We're going to have problems. Then we go to this part. Brushing the teeth, flossing, undergoing dental work, 
So as you're having braces put in, you see a hot butthole walk by. You're like, sorry, doc. Got to go to business. Undergoing dental work. Like, (laughs) so it's not just that you've had dental work. You're in the process of having a bridge put in or something like that. You're like, move out of the way, guys. Got to lick that butthole. Knocking over the anesthesiologist. Okay. Brushing the teeth, flossing. (laughs) You're flossing. Mm, Look at that butthole. Brushing the teeth, flossing, which is stuff you should do, no matter how much you enjoy eating buttholes. You need to do this stuff. Undergoing dental work. And eating crunchy foods. And then it has in parentheses, as in parentheses, such as potato chips. Relatively soon before or after performing analingus also increases the risk of transmission. How did they figure out the potato chip part? Like, there there must have been, at some point, a laboratory study done. Where they're like, okay, we're going to do a blind study. Everyone's going to lick a butthole. And then everyone's going to eat. You're not going to eat anything. You're the control group. And the guy's like, what? He goes, you. You're going to eat gummy bears. And they're like, well, can you go back to the part where I'm licking the butthole? No, no, no. You, you're going to eat some soup. And they're like, after eating a butthole? And they go to the next guy. You're going to eat some potato chips. And then you're going to eat some peanut brittle. And then they get, like, harder and coarser food. And they scientists are sitting there looking. They're like, the study is, how crunchy does a food have to be before before you shouldn't lick a butthole? And the scientists are sitting there watching that. Everyone's just kind of confused in the laboratory. They're like... Did, he, did they just say we gotta like buttholes and then eat food? Taking notes. How did they figure that out? Why? Why <laughs> potato chips? That's so funny because that's not. I do not believe. I will not believe for one moment that that is some example someone pulled out of the air. I believe someone says, you know, my cousin in college, he got uh, HPV all up in his gum line. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, ate a butthole. Then ate some potato chips shortly afterwards, and they're like, that's not a random example. That's not a random example. We have an issue with people eating buttholes and then eating potato chips, and it's a national tragedy. And it may even be a conspiracy. <laughs> so I can fit it into this episode. So there you go. Butthole eating facts. Eat the devil's butthole. is but Don't kiss the devil's butthole is the moral of that story, too. Don't eat potato chips shortly before or after eating a butthole. I understand the after, because you can plan for it. You're like, hmm, all done doing that disgusting sex act. Oh, wait, and then you put the chips down. But before, you have to, you basically don't ever eat potato chips again, because you might be like eating some like Pringles and be like, I can't can't eat just one. And then like a hot butthole walks by. And you're like, ah, Man's got to do what a man's got to do. So, anyway, or the moral of the story is do what I do. Just stay away from butts. Stay away from butts. I don't like butts. I know people are really into buttholes and stuff like that. I'm a prude as far as that goes. I don't do the butt stuff. Let's go ahead, though. Let's do a boat. Let's do some boat stuff. How's that for a transition? So, we're leaving behind the butts. We're hopping on some boats. One boat in particular. We're going to hop on a boat, and we're going to go sailing around Greenland. So let's hop. Do we have a a galleon? I think we just have the dead rabbit rowboat. So we're hopping in the dead rabbit rowboat. You take some oars. I take some oars. Stroke. Stroke. I'm yelling. You go, you shouldn't be saying that word after our last segment. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. I'm not into butt stuff. Don't worry about it. Plus, I love eating potato chips. Then you realize I'm on keto, and I haven't eaten potato chips in a long time. You look over your shoulder at me, and I'm just staring straight ahead. Stroke. 
Stroke, we're going all the way up to Greenland. We're going back to the year 1775. And we see another boat, another big actual boat, kind of sailing through the water. And we're like, ahoy, mateys! And the pirates are like, oh, yeah, we don't talk like that anymore. In 1775, we talk like normal people. We're like, oh, okay. So we climb up on their boat, and we jump on board, and we're like, nice to meet you. I'm Jason, and this is... Supposed to say your name whenever I pause like that for new listeners. And the captain goes, ah, oh, it's nice to meet you guys. So, so here's what's going on. You see what's over there, sir? Now, now he sounds like a pirate for some reason. He's like, sorry, sir. And he goes, you see what's over there, guys? And we look, we see a boat kind of floating amongst the icebergs. We're like, yeah, what is that? He goes, I, mateys, it's a boat. It is a boat. It's one of the Davy Jones's boats. This guy obviously has some sort of multiple personality issues. So we're like, we're going to go over there. He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll go over there. So we sail over to this boat. Now, let's jump on board of this abandoned boat. Well, we don't know it's abandoned yet. Sorry, spoiler alert. We jump on board this boat and I go, looks abandoned. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I figured that because you already said that. You ruined the surprise. We're walking around. Now, it's a boat and it's in relatively good condition. But there's no one on the deck. No swabbies, no landlubbers, nothing. So we walk underneath into the boat's hold. And we see a little captain's chamber. A little room that has a door. There's multiple rooms and doors on this. But this one has a sign that says captain. So I go. No, I'll let you open the door. So you grab the knob. And you get a big old splinter. And I'm like, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. You turn the knob. Door opens up. Now, I'm assuming it's pretty dark in this room. Because there ain't no candles running. And there's no sun up in Greenland. So it's just super dark. So we're walking in this cabin. We have little flashlights. Torches, as the British call them. Walking around. And we see a man slumped at a desk. And we're like, oh, dope. Here's a dude. Hey, sir, maybe you can tell us what happened here. We go up. We touch him on the shoulder. Dude. 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 Do that for about seven, eight minutes. He doesn't respond. And then finally, I'm like, I don't know, this guy's kind of rude. Let's go find someone else. And you're like, no, 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 Jason. I think he's, I think he's dead. Not only do I think he's dead, I think he's frozen. Dun, dun, dun. So it's the captain. That makes sense. He's in the captain's chambers. And he was writing in his log. And he froze in place while he was writing. This was his last entry, 11th November, 1762. We have now been enclosed in the ice 70 days. The fire went out yesterday, and our master has been trying ever since to kindle it again. Without success. Sorry, I forgot that. <laughs> I forgot there was more to that sentence. And our master has been trying ever since to kindle it again without success. His wife died yesterday. There is not relief. Dot, dot, dot. Now, that log was from 1762. We're now in the year 1775. So it's 13 years after this guy froze to death writing this book. And we're looking at it. We just hear the sounds of the ocean. Beating across this boat that has been sailing for 13 years. So we're like, we better investigate this. This is now CSI, Crime Scene 
icebergs. So we put on our glasses. <laughs> Whatever. We walk. We're not. We're not following that joke up at all. We just walked into the next room silently because that was stupid. Ooh, no. Crag scene investigations because like icebergs are all craggy. Ooh, yeah. See, back on top. Now I'm like hitting you with my elbow. You like that one? Crag scene. You're like Jason. That's just that might have been worse. Anyways, we go into the next room. As I'm still elbowing you the side. Come on, man. That joke was funny. Next cabin. Body of a frozen woman. Black. Just dead. We're like, that must be the wife that was previously mentioned in the journal. We see a man trying to light a fire. Like mid, like little match. The, the, the fire wasn't frozen. It's not like it was blue fire frozen in time. But like you could tell he was trying to catch something on fire. He's frozen. Sitting on the floor. And then... The rest of the we go, we're like, ah, we might as well check out the rest of this place. Maybe we'll find something cool. Eat some popsicles. We start walking through. Every person has, we go into everyone's bedroom. They're dead. And then we see a little dog frozen in place at the bottom of the stairs. We're like, oh, okay. Well, that was a grim end to this boat. Now, this boat was known as the Octavius. We go back up. We, we find that out at some point. We go back to the captain and we get the captain's log. Now, because everything was frozen, some of the pages were frozen together. So it's not like we could go through. But we did have access to the first page and the last page. So we're like, take it off the captain. Break it out of his hands. We're like, this is our book now, captain. This is our book now. We just walk away. I don't know. I can't think of anything. <laughs> we just walk away. And I, personally, what I would do is I would set the boat on fire in real life. I'd set the boat on fire and then just let everyone burn and melt and be like, go to the sea, my friends. Because if I was frozen for 13 years, I would want to have be like set on fire. And if I was on fire for 13 years, I would enjoy a cool glass of ice water. So I figure it would work both ways. But anyways, that's not what they do. Well, actually, this is where the story gets interesting. All that stuff is interesting, obviously, that I think so. But... This is where it gets interesting. So you do have this boat. Now, do you salvage the boat? Do you throw a bunch of hooks on the boat? Actually, that's not what they do. That's not how they salvage a boat. You put a crew on the boat and you have that boat be sailed back. Do you try towing it back? Whatever. Do you you sink it? Scuttle it? Whatever. We don't know. Because there's a lot of questions of whether or not this incident actually even happened. Because this story had been going around since 1828. So we originally hear about it in 1775, or it takes place in 1775. The first time it gets reported to be telling, so in publishing, was 1828. And there was no ships listed as, like, there there, there were no ships named. It was just like, this one ship found this other ship in the middle of nowhere. And that was in the uh, magazine or the Gazette. It was called The Ariel, a literary and critical gazette. It was just like this little section saying, once a boat was found. Oh, I guess I should say this too. The idea is is that the boat was basically totally encased in an iceberg. Totally skipped that detail. I was going to go back to after the journal part. The idea is this. The boat was sailing up in Greenland. And it got completely frozen. It got, like, encased in ice. It got, like, trapped in ice and then got frozen over somehow. And I don't think it was like if they were inside the iceberg. Like, if someone went by. No, actually, now that I think about it, that was supposedly what it was. Like, an iceberg grew over them. And they froze in place. And then as the environment warmed, the iceberg started to melt. 
And then the boat started sailing again. So you could have driven right by this iceberg and seen people frozen inside going like, help, frozen, except they're all asleep and dying in their beds. But that's the idea, that this boat was caught in an iceberg and it floated around for 13 years. And that's why it wasn't all rotted and stuff like that. It wasn't just like floating around. It was frozen in time. So this first appeared in 1828 in the Ariel, a literary and critical gazette. And it was like, one day a boat ran into another boat. And it was in the Greenland. And don't go up north, guys. It's really, really dangerous. And I actually read that short story. And that's the thing. I don't know if it's a short story or not. I actually read that issue of the Ariel. I found it. And it's really hard to tell whether or not it is a fictional exercise or a news report or a news report of an old sea shanty story there's no i was looking through and it was like there's no section like this is the editorial section this is the fiction section and i had to really dig into what the word literary means in modern times it, it literary tends to mean fiction but it doesn't always mean fiction it, it could also be a style of writing for nonfiction. So I wasn't given a lot of clear guidance on if the story started off as a short story. As time went on, though, we started to see some things pop up. Sometimes the the ship that we were on that spotted the Octavius was the Herald. What's the name of that ship? Later on, we saw the ship that was frozen called the Try Again. And the ship that we were on called the Gloriana. But what's weird is in... No matter if the story had different names of the boats, they always had the same name of the captain and the same dates. It was always August 1775, and it was always the name of the captain, which I neglected to write down. So, Captain Jason Carpenter, you'll find. So, is the story true? I think the question goes, the story could be true. The question is, is it possible for a boat to get encased in ice? Like, I know boats, there have been a lot of times where boats are going up north and then ice appears around them, like sneaks up on them. It doesn't, actually. That That's not what happens. The water freezes around them and the boat basically gets trapped in the ice. But I think for, like, ice to grow over a boat, wouldn't it, they wouldn't it first have to be underwater. Like, I just can't be standing in the snow and then I'm an ice cube. Like, there has to be, I have to be standing in the snow, and then a water hit me, like a giant wave hit me, and then I'm frozen. And even then, I think it would have to keep hitting me over and over again. If if I was in a boat in the middle of the Atlantic, or Pacific, or whatever, anywhere where there's ice, if I'm in a boat, and a giant wave hit me, and I'm like, ah, and I get cold, it would have to not only keep hitting me until I froze, it would have to keep hitting the boat Every day for 13 years, which is what happens in the ocean. I get that. But because the whole boat was frozen enough that it didn't decay or anything like that, wouldn't it have to constantly be getting wet? Which, again, I know happens in an ocean. I'm talking about the whole boat. Every day, a boat is not covered in water. Like, the bottom is, but it's like their sails aren't soaking wet. If your sails are soaking wet... Something's wrong. Your sails should be dry. Take this from from a lifetime sailor here. Apparently, I've become all of a sudden. I think that you need to like be completely covered in ice. The boat would have to sink down for a second, like a couple minutes, then bob up, and it's a giant ice cube. I think. I think. So, but I, I think there's a more interesting part to this story. The story may or may not be true, but... 
We've covered a lot of stories recently, and I don't know why I've not gotten on this this topic, but we've covered a lot of stories recently about ghost boats or boats that are found in the middle of nowhere, stuff like that. All of these stories that we're hearing, especially this story, I'll use this story for an example, are stories we're going to be hearing 500 years from now. Because this boat, the Octavius, was up in Greenland, which was fairly dangerous at the time. And you go up there, and you're not ready for it, and... You just freeze and you become a lost ship. And then 13 years later, someone else stumbles across you. These stories that we hear are going to 100% be replicated once mankind goes into space. 500 years from now, people are going to be reading, little kids are going to be reading books about like mysteries of the solar system. They're going to be reading these books about a passenger ship that took off past Mars and it was never seen again. Or a ship that was moving cargo across the galaxy or whatever. Okay, maybe that's too big. But a ship that was moving cargo from Uranus to Pluto gets lost and then reappears around Mercury eight years later. It'll, obviously, that story's fake. That's not possible. But the point is, is that all of these stories we hear about ghost boats and Bermuda Triangle and things missing, they will seem incredibly mundane once we are out in the reaches of space. But the same elements of those stories will still exist. Because what the ocean and space have in common is they're both inhospitable to man. They're both vast. They're both extremely dangerous to cross, especially in the beginning. And they're both full of mysteries, both on the surface and what we imagine is going on underneath. So you can shoot a rocket up into space and fly around and go to Mars and then come back to Earth, and it's a total trip. But Once we start going farther out, when we have these stories of missing ships, of a Bermuda Triangle type thing in space, is it a black hole? Is it some sort of time warp? Is it just fictional stories that are getting passed around from pilot to pilot, from crew to crew, that are eventually filtering back to Earth and some author writing it down? And then those stories getting twisted from being legend to being fact over the course of hundreds of years. And I think that some of these stories are so mundane yet creepy that they'll just simply carry over. There will be a Bermuda Triangle in space. Someone will say, when we go through this area, ships tend to disappear. And I can almost guarantee you that 500 years from now, there will be a story about a ship that goes flying off, disappears, and then a decade later they find that ship encased in an icy asteroid. And there'll be a log saying, we crashed into this iceberg floating in space and we froze. We died in our sleep. I'm the last one. There is no hope. Pilots and space crews will be passing that story around. Don't go into that area of space. I heard of a ship once that got trapped there. It's dangerous. These stories will just get passed around. The crews will be different. The ships will be different. But the childlike fears we have of nature will always remain the same. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. 